0: Welcome to NeoChats, an interview-style podcast focusing on educating neonatal nurses caring for newborns and their families, hosted by Jenna Morton. It is a project of the Canadian Association of Neonatal Nurses, a nonprofit organization committed to the health and well-being of newborns and their families. Human touch is a powerful thing especially when that connection is through kangaroo care with an infant in the NICU. Sarah Coots knows this well. She's a registered nurse with more than a decade of experience in the NICU, including time spent as the Kangaroo Care Project Coordinator at Perinatal Services British Columbia. She's now a developmental care specialist at BC Women's Hospital in Vancouver and a guest on NeoChats. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I think before we really dive into your discussion today, I think we need to start with just that quick refresher on what we mean when we talk about kangaroo care.
1: So kangaroo care and kangaroo mother care, as a lot of people know, really started, um, you know, in Colombia over 40 years ago, where, you know, pediatricians were faced with um, high mortality rates, high infection rates, um, often three babies in an incubator, a lot of um, hypothermia and even infant um, abandonment. So there they really looked at um, marsupial caregiving. So that really that idea could a mother become you know the incubator could a mother keep their baby warm and and love and provide breast milk and things like that so there they tried it um, and it it worked you know they the mortality went down uh mothers bonded um more easily with their babies and so from there obviously to now uh 40 years later there's a lot of evidence for for all of the improved outcomes for both infants and families uh from kangaroo care and and Is practiced, uh, which I think is partly also the cool thing about it is that it's not just in a low income setting. It's in, uh, you know, move to high technology income settings where we um, use kangaroo care um, as we have incubators, but we also know the value of kangaroo care. So it's that skin to skin contact. So I guess, rewinding a little bit, it's the three pieces to kangaroo mother care. It's One is the kangaroo position, so it's keeping that baby chest to chest um, with a parent, um, both chests naked, and then uh, having kangaroo nutrition, so preferably breast milk if it's available. And then in some setting, there's the third piece is the early discharge, so trying to get babies home as soon as they can and spending 24-7, if possible, um, in kangaroo care with the parents at home.
0: So tell me a little bit about what the project was that you were involved with when it came to kangaroo care.
1: Yeah, so we were really lucky in BC. Um, The Ministry of Child and Family Development provided us with a one-time grant um, to strengthen the practice of kangaroo care in BC's NICUs. So at the time, it was given to PHSA, the health authority, um, where perinatal services is within. um, And then they partnered with uh, Women's Health Research Institute and BC Women's Hospital um, to do. So it it was cool because it was a research project and an implementation science project so we were able to um Uh, implement an education intervention and and provide kangaroo care wraps to families. Um, And at the same time, we did sort of pre-implementation interviews with healthcare providers, post-implementation interviews with healthcare providers, and then also parent interviews. And so that kind of ran over about a year and a half, I guess. Um, So the study has finished now, we've finished collecting data and now we're writing papers. And the cool part was that we made some really great education materials, at least I think, um, uh, for parents and for providers. And the funding was able to provide wraps for babies for I think it's over at least over a year it's been so we're really lucky in that
0: what were some of the things that you found in those interviews with both the healthcare providers and the parents that that have come out of this study
1: Yeah, to be honest, a fabulous experience um, to be able to, one, to go to all 13 NICUs and see the space and talk to people and create really great partnerships. You know, pre-implementation was really about identifying the barriers enablers to kangaroo care. So that was with the providers, key stakeholders in the units, and really trying to understand because, to be honest, we didn't, we knew everyone practiced skin to skin care and kangaroo care to some extent, but we had no idea how much, you know, a lot of places don't, we don't often record kangaroo care. um, So there's no way to sort of have an idea. Um, So it was really great to talk to providers and say, you know, what helps you support families and what helps you and what is a barrier. And so, um, you know, some key things that came out of that were really a lot about um, NICU space and environment, you know, every single NICU was totally different um you know whether it's single room or open bay the resources available are different you know some places don't have chairs that recline and so how can we even say to do more than an hour of kangaroo care when that's not super conducive to sitting or accommodation for families was a big one you know if you don't have places for families to stay again And in providing them meals and all these other social supports, it's again hard for them to, to be present for long periods of time. So a lot of those types of things were identified. Certainly the other thing that highlighted for us was The variation in practice, Um, you know, we don't have a standard uh, guideline, say, in BC, and some of the units didn't even have their own sort of guideline. Um, And so we found a lot of variation between healthcare provider practices and beliefs and attitudes towards it. So that was a bit of the pre bit. Um, And then with families, when we did interviews after the intervention, we had obviously positive um, experiences. Um, they love kangaroo care, but sort of almost reflecting of what healthcare providers said, there are quite a few barriers. And a lot of it is the social supports, the physical supports in, in the NICU, how much accommodation and, and things like that. The inconsistency in language and supports from healthcare providers um, that, you know, they're not always sure. Some providers say, do it for an hour. Some providers say, you know, don't touch the baby until they're feeding. Um, and things like that so um, that was really highlighted for us that um, parents sometimes found it quite difficult to do kangaroo care and then one other big thing in BC at least and I'm I not as familiar with other provinces, is that we do a lot of transfers uh, within NICUs. So a lot of our babies, you know, go to, say, a higher level NICU and then are transferred to a NICU closer to home, which is great. But again, um, that transfer experience can be quite traumatic for a lot of families and if they've established a kangaroo care routine uh, and then they're transferred back somewhere, sometimes that routine is disrupted. Um, and that was quite um, difficult for some families.
0: Yeah, as you're talking about, it, I can just imagine how how much that change in routine and going into a different setting, you know, would really highlight how much a, a family has to become their own advocate and be able to to speak out about what they know does work for them. Did you over the course of the work then come up with some kind of standards or guidelines that, that might be implemented or, or where does that stand? Is that something that we're going to see?
1: So we didn't, we didn't, if, finish it in our project, to be honest, um, that was certainly, I think, in all of our papers is the recommendation to have a, a sort of a provincial practice guideline um, that could, you know, obviously be adapted, because certainly, uh, and that probably a lot runs alongside more increasing knowledge and, and um, that knowledge translation piece a little bit. Um, I think We know that our providers, or at least our nurses, they all go through a very similar neonatal training, um, and they all learn about kangaroo care. But I think the actual practicalities of it, um, you know, how do you support families to create um, a routine? And, you know, how do you get comfortable with transferring babies with CPAP and who are intubated and have lines? And, And so a lot of that is more the systems change, like where you're sort of getting it. And I think that's a bigger piece that I think I'm hoping is sort of the next step in either research and implementation is, how do we change the model of care? So how do we really get providers in all levels? So, you know, how do we get the doctor or the Neo on rounds to ask about kangaroo care every single time? And, you know, are the parents doing it? You know, are they comfortable? And, and how do we get, you know, the newer nurses, how do we support newer nurses to feel comfortable and holding that tiny baby and helping a parent, you know, bring up that baby to their chest? Um, so those are the pieces, yeah, that <laughs> of the puzzle that have to come together. And I think, a lot of that is the model of care and the systems change that needs is required. And I think, and to be honest, many of the NICUs are on this. I think in one of our papers, we called it, you know, they're on this journey in this paradigm shift, I guess, of neonatal care going, you know, towards more of family-centered care and involving families. So a lot of the units were on that trajectory. Um, they just need a bit of support to get there.
0: Well, like you say, it comes down to the other supports as well, not just the medical piece of it, but. You had those chairs. As soon as you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember how much nicer it was to sit in one of the really nice reclining chairs compared to the wooden rocker that had been there before.
1: (laughs) I know. And it seems like a simple thing. And then it's, yeah, it's until you actually realize.
0: Yeah, the chair chair is part of it.
1: (laughs) The chair is huge. And and, you know, the wrap, some people would say the wrap is an add-on. Certainly from our study, the wrap became two things. One, it made things safer for the baby and the parent. We were um, we were enabling parents to sleep during kangaroo care, uh, which was a huge, huge piece for us, at least in a lot of our units. And then it became a tool from what providers said, it came a tool like an interaction that they were able to have a place in time, say, here's your app to the family. Let's talk about kangaroo care and have a discussion. Uh, yeah. It became this kind of enabling tool that they were able to use, which was super cool and not something that we had ever really expected.
0: Wow, oh, that's fascinating. As you say that I can, I can just visualize, yes, how important it is to have that, you know, create that moment where you have to talk about it and all the questions that would come out out of that.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And I think the other thing would, sorry, just a little one more is like, it's almost kind of saying, I think one provider said, you know, it shows that we're investing in something and it is, there was something to hang your hat on and say like, no, this is, we think this is really important. And like, this is why we're giving you the wrap and the materials. And, and so again, yeah, it just was another piece of engagement.
0: That's so wonderful. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the role of kangaroo care when it comes to, Uh, breast milk and and feeding because i know that's that's a big part of what it's all about but i think there's also a lot of discrepancies and maybe misconceptions out there about how all the pieces come together
1: yeah i mean certainly obviously not just in the preterm infant population you know that's why you know baby friendly initiative and there's you know In a normal birth with a sort of with a term baby, you know, we want babies to be held, you know, skin to skin immediately after birth until at least the first feed because we know there's this kind of biological interaction between mothers and babies um, that helps with, um, you know, the oxytocin release and building milk so so certainly with the preterm population if. If skin to skin isn't happening right after birth, but hopefully as soon as possible, which again is what we're really trying to promote is that there isn't this gap and this separation between families as soon as um, mom is able to, um, or, you know, at least a partner is able to um, provide skin to skin. um, And then with the mom having that skin to skin experience enables or enhances the release of oxytocin, it provides a sense of calm in both baby and and mom, and then uh, again, increases the hormones and is her she's better, better able to produce milk, that obviously goes hand in hand with, you know, um, having uh, education and structures in place to have a mom to be able to hand express early and start pumping and stuff. and And so that all goes hand in hand together and hopefully um, establishes milk supply really early. Because we do know there's sort of a critical window in those first hours and days um, for a mom to be able to sort of prime her milk receptors um, and create milk, which I like to kind of reinforce. It's not, it's milk for obviously sooner than later, but it's also milk to establish later on. So if that mom, you know, does plan to breastfeed, um, so that in a few weeks when she, you know, the baby's transitioning from tubes to breast, she has a, an ample milk supply. Um, which makes transition to breastfeeding so much easier.
0: What are some of the other misconceptions that are in the population about this that you want people to to kind of remember and and take a moment to think about?
1: Sort of back to what I just mentioned, just that early and often. um, And I think a lot of providers, I think we want to protect the families. I think that is just the caring role, but I think that is transitioning a bit. And what we hear from families is that they, if they weren't given some piece of information, they often wish they had been given it in hindsight, you know? And so I think as much as we want to protect families, I think we want to encourage them. We want to give them the information. So I think again, asking a family what their feeding goals are. um, If it is breastfeeding really, you know, mom might be tired. There is a lot of trauma after preterm birth. So really having a trauma informed lens, but saying, you know what? we would really appreciate your your baby needs this milk. Would it be okay if we can hand express, you know, or if we can help you hand express early, get that milk started, do skin to skin as much as possible, you know, in our setting with wraps, parents can hopefully be quite comfortable. You know, if mom isn't comfortable after surgery or anything like that, then of course, you know, delay and, and have a partner do skin to skin, but Again, just supporting a family to to understand the importance of doing skin to skin and and hand expression and getting ready for breastfeeding early on with preterm infants, cause you know, moms, if they are pumping for long-term, it, it's not a, it's not an easy journey. So they need a lot of support and I, and that's our role is, you know, really providing them constant support and are you okay, can we help? Like, where are your milk volume sets? Really checking in, in and providing the support, you know if there is an LC in the hospital, great. If not, you know, having staff that have experience to, to know how to um, to counsel mothers and to support them in their choices. And building that milk supply, Um, because I think the next kind of step as a baby grows is that transition to breastfeeding. Um, And I think that is probably one of the other things is what is the difference sort of between giving a baby a bottle or getting a baby to to feed uh, directly at the breast and, and certainly There is value in having a baby um, feed directly at the breast, um, you know, for many reasons that, you know, with bonding and attachment um, with obviously they're getting the breast milk. It's easier for mom when she gets home and she's not doing triple feeding and things. Um, And so uh, we're trying to promote that at least in having those early feeds, early experiences to be at the breast and and not with a bottle.
0: What have been some of the challenges and some of the the experiences you've seen over the past few years now where, you know, it might not have been as easy to have skin to skin because of some of the restrictions that might've been in place because of the pandemic. The pandemic has
1: certainly highlighted a lot of things in many hospitals. You know, I can't speak for, um, other hospitals, but certainly the literature tells us, you know, there's a lot of brand new studies coming out actually just recently from Europe. I think it was a a worldwide study on parent experiences during the pandemic um, uh, in NICUs and, and there, you know, separation happened a lot more than what we would have liked. Um, And, and obviously that came from a place of fear in the beginning of not knowing. Uh, But now we're sort of hopefully moved past that and, and really realizing that um, the principle should be zero separation between infants and families and and that infants deserve to have um, caregivers at their bedside and families deserve to be together so I think in in that experience just realizing how important the family is um, and their presence in in the caregiving of of an infant and and especially in the NICU when they're sick Um, and so certainly just yeah as I said having that principle that zero separation and and skin to skin is okay um, and breastfeeding and, and continuing to encourage that.
0: What else would you like to share before we have to wrap up our time together?
1: The only thing I would reflect back on is a little bit even from our study that families, uh, so with kangaroo care, and I don't know if I mentioned this, um, kangaroo care and, and then pumping, pumping became a barrier during kangaroo care. And so certainly as a provider, trying to help families figure out how they can integrate all of those things into the routines of the NICU. And so, so that it doesn't become a barrier, obviously, because we want both. And and it it can be, you know, um, I think one mom said it was a catch 22, you know, I'm told to spend so much time in kangaroo care. And then, but then my milk supply is going down and I don't know which one to do. And I, and I feel guilty about both. Um, and we don't want that, obviously. So um, really supporting families to uh, to problem solve about kangaroo care and about um, pumping and breastfeeding, um, helping them. You know, what other resources do you have? Do you have um grandparents that can do a bit of skin to skin while mom goes and pumps or or the partner whoever it is um you know we had one mom who had two grandparents and she called them an interchangeable chain of pouches um where they all had wraps and it was just this is obviously this is pre-covid obviously but It was beautiful, you know, to have grandparents come in so that mom can go quickly grab a coffee and, and all those things. So um, as a provider, what I would love to hear is, is trying to support families to do more kangaroo care and, and pump. And, you know, one thing that I would recommend that I've tried a few times, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on it. uh, And there is a couple studies recently, but is doing actually pumping during kangaroo care. It's a logistical thing, you know, a little bit, Uh, a wrap helps for sure and setting mom up with the pump beside her, having the baby stable with a wrap, helping her with the pump, having her pump on one side. And certainly there's several studies out there that had higher rates of milk volumes when a mom did pump uh, during kangaroo care. So if it's not during, then please try to help a mom pump immediately after Um, and just really encouraging both um, experiences. Um, It's worth it. It's for, um, especially with kangaroo care and skin to skin, really sets them up for success in breastfeeding. We know that there's early initiation of breastfeeding after skin to skin or with skin to skin, sorry. And we know that, you know, babies can go and lick and nuzzle and stuff like that uh, much easier when you're being held um, a lot and parents are more confident so, um, certainly they go hand in hand, um, but I think the reality is that families need a lot of support um, and, and help with that. And so, I think that's our role.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your thoughts about your experiences. Thank you for having me. Sarah Cootes is a registered nurse and developmental care specialist at BC Women's Hospital in Vancouver. NeoChats is a project of the Canadian Association of Neonatal Nurses. Thank you to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, for sponsoring NeoChats. The content producer and host is Jenna Morton. Technical production by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub. For more information on the association, visit our website at www.neonatalcan.ca or our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages.